Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Dinner. I'm treating like shit ever since I got here. I want a nice atmosphere with some mandolins, some violins. All right, I'm hungry too. Let's go get something to eat. All right, that's good. Let's go, Jack. Oh, they had it cut out of it. All right. Needless to say, uh, are, we, are we are we officially rock and rolling? Yeah, I mean, I've been recording. We don't have to put this on there. <laughs> All so right. <laughs> uh, but needless to say, uh, 48 hours is playing in the room right now. Yeah, y'all caught some uh, beginning of the show before the show, for the show type shit. Um, welcome, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get the business out the way first. Welcome to the SNS podcast. We come by many names uh, that the fans have given us. Uh, so, welcome to any one of those that you're familiar with. Uh, new people. Welcome. Uh, any thoughts, desires, uh, verbal shit you want to get off your chest, email me, Spears 45 at Hotmail. Also, if you're a new listener, please don't do yourself the disservice. I will always say this because it's important. This podcast, unlike many podcasts, I think is like a great book, a great novel. And you don't read a great book out of sequence. So if you're new to the podcast, start from episode one, binge, go on a cocaine stretch, Sniff all the penny more, uh, and work your way from chapter one till the end, which is to say the current episode. You will certain jokes will make sense to you. You'll understand certain character development. Uh, it'll all it'll all make sense. Uh, and callbacks as much like a stand up set, a book, a set uh, is a beginning, middle, and end. So do yourself the favor and start from episode one. I know you want to just reach into the cereal box. And get the prize out, but eat some cereal first. I, I would like to see someone tune in <clears throat> who's never heard this before, and they get Jasper McQuah. Oh, they get Jasper oh, McQuah. Um, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if somebody was to listen out of order, uh, and they were to hear a character like Jasper McQuah, they wouldn't know the origins from which it came, and it might seem abstract and weird to you. But if you if you listen from the beginning. Much like with Jasper, 
you will experience the birth of the character just like the woman experiences the birth of a child and when America pushes out its black baby from its anus and shits it to the world welcome little negro and nigglet yes Peter McGuire yeah maybe I shouldn't have brought that up yeah um all right, let's get into some business. We are in Toledo, Ohio. Um, which is the Toledo of Ohio's. The Toledo of Ohio. Which is just, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> Cut and dry. That is it. I like that scene in uh, <laughs> Heat. Uh, why did I ever fuck with that bitch? Because she got a great ass. And you got your head all the way up it. And you will help us. Cut and dry. That is it. So... Yeah. Um, losing you in this picture. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Um, so we got three things on the plate: uh, Cosby, um, Scotty Trippin, and some Sopranos. Which you want to hit first? Uh, Scotty. Scotty Trippin from. Arkansas, Arkansas, whatever the fuck, Ray Clay, the announcer for the Bulls. I know, you know, of course, I know Mike's from North Carolina, 6'6", Edgard. I, I can't remember where Scotty's from. Central Arkansas. And I think Scotty's, what, like 6'10"? 6'10"? I thought he was 6'8". No, he could be 6'10". Yeah, 6'10". I'll look, I'll look it up. Um, I don't know if it's that crucial. Uh, <laughs> but See, and that's his problem right there, what you just said. What? It's not that crucial. Like he's the afterthought. He's no, the, I wouldn't say in you though. No, no, no. But but Scotty feels like he's the afterthought always. That's where this is all um, coming from. You know, listen, man, and I love me some Scotty Pippen, dude, because uh, he was, of course, the powerful one-two punch that prop that some arguably say is the greatest duo the NBA has ever seen. And while some may say Shaq and Kobe. Uh, Shaq and Kobe didn't have the on court. Not that, it, that that's even important because you're professional. As long as you do what you got to do when it's time to do it, um, who gives a fuck what you're like in terms of actual friendships? But we were led to believe that Michael and Scotty were close. 6'8. Six, 6'8. Eight. Six, eight. Uh, we were led to believe that Michael and Scotty were close. Um, we certainly know that during the, the tenure of their uh, tandemness, they didn't have the reported beefs that Kobe and Shaq had. And at the end of the day, Kobe and Shaq won three rings together. Michael and Scotty won six. And I, I really be hard-pressed to think of a better duo. Maybe Magic and Kareem, you could definitely say, is uh, up there. Uh, but other than Magic and Kareem and Michael and Scotty, I can't really think of a duo um, that's as great and, and, and was as impactful as those two. Michael and Scotty, though, were at their prime. Where, yeah. Uh, where Magic and Kareem. Kareem right. was not. Right. Kareem has already. Yeah, has and then, you know what? Because you made that point, that's why I have to give Mike and Scotty the edge. Yeah. Um, can you imagine a prime Kareem and prime Magic? No. Woo! Yeah. Um, and, you know, my thing is what everybody else take is, why now? Like, 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 and everybody's saying it. I, I saw Charles Barkley on Dan Patrick's show. Um, you know, of course, a lot of people's opinions on social media are the same. Uh, and it, which is the, 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 the general consensus is this is a bad look for Scotty. 
You know, you, you call him Phil Jackson a racist. You say Michael Jordan was selfish. Um, you, you're talking shit about Charles Barkley, who was your Olympic teammate in the 92 Dream Team. You know, and, and, and it's like one thing. It's like you're, you've harbored all this alleged bitterness for 30-something years, and now you're coming out with it. And it'd be one thing if you was like, okay, he came out with it just to come out with it. But it's like you're trying to sell a book. You got a vodka or some sort of bourbon, alcohol, bourbon. a bourbon, yeah. you know, which now makes it seem even slimier because you, you're throwing dudes under the bus so for some financial gain. Um, Jordan was selfish, though. That one he didn't lie about. Jordan needed to be selfish. That's, okay, but, that, I'm glad you said, but I'm glad you said that, though. Yeah. He needed to be. Yeah, that's, and didn't just leave it at he's selfish. There, there has to be a selfishness to the to when you if you're the greatest, there has to be a little bit of selfishness to you because the, you have to think you first when you're the greatest. Okay, but to be specific to Scotty's allegation, uh, he said Michael was Scott was was selfish because he left basketball to play uh, baseball. He didn't have anything else to prove. He couldn't prove anything else to himself. That and the fact that Michael had said that. It was a conversation he and his dad yeah, had dad. Yeah. before he was murdered and taken from him of him going to go play baseball. Okay, even with that conversation, do you think uh, if his dad isn't murdered uh, and his dad, you know, is still alive that next season, do you think he leaves to go play baseball, or do you think it was because? Do you think it's solely because of, the, of his dad's passing? No, I don't think it's solely. I, I I think that added fuel to the fire. And in the last dance, I, I forget what reporter. Uh, it was that was covering Mike said that Mike even said to him before the passing of his father that he already wanted to go play baseball after winning championship two. The only reason why he did championship three was because Magic and Bird had never won a three-peat. So he wanted to be the first uh, player amongst the, you know, the trio of greats to win a three-peat. And he had, you know, had already committed to uh, the dream team. So he said, look, man, if it wasn't for trying to outdo Magic and Larry uh, from that statistical standpoint and my commitment to the dream team, I would have been playing baseball. So, you know, no, he, 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 this is something he said he wanted to do before his dad died. But his dad definitely helped push it and cement it in that direction. Okay. But... Everything that you just said there, and Scotty's point to saying that he was selfish because he left for that reason, it was solely for Michael. So, and was, what's and there's nothing wrong with that. No, and I get that. So, but you could understand though Scotty's point though. That no, you don't think that he could say that he was selfish to no. go ahead and did that. No, if 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 first of all he had already uh, uh, what's the word he he had already fulfilled his obligation to the Bulls. Right. So there's no selfishness there. Number two, uh, again. His his dad passing, I shouldn't say passing, murdered, uh, helped to cement that decision. Right. And if and and listen, all bets are off when it comes to death. You know, it's the one excuse I've said this before on the podcast. It's the one excuse you could use where nobody questions you because you automatically turn into an asshole, an insensitive asshole. If you say to somebody, "Man, I didn't show up because I was sick," they can question that. Yeah, were you really sick? You didn't seem sick. But the moment you say, yo, a death in the family, somebody died, all bets, all hands are off. So how can you say that it was selfish of him to do what he needed to do 
for his own peace of mind and for his own soul after the murder of his father. So I'm glad you said it's it. It's selfish to say he's selfish. Okay. So I'm glad you said it that way. And I hate to take this too far off of what we're talking about. For Scotty to say that and you think that that was wrong. And for Jordan to leave for the reasons that he left. And in today's NBA, you move to another team because you can go play with another player and leave your team, your city, behind. Mm-hmm. And Scotty's comparing what Michael did as selfish compared to what's happening in the NBA today. Nah, he, has a, he needs to get his head checked. Because what's happening today is selfish. You're doing it for a championship. You're not earning the championship the same way. These guys, I agree. You're you're getting your championship because you're calling your friends up, saying, "Let's go play together. Let's go get this championship." And you leave your your team, the people that and and there's a lot that goes into what I'm about to say because you could also look at it as it's a business and these guys that own the team own the business, but you're leaving your city behind, regardless of the business part. You're leaving your city. The people who embraced you, bought your jerseys, were excited you were drafted. Were excited you were there, and. He let Jordan left to go play baseball, not to go be removed and go to, you know what? I did everything I can do here. Let me see if I can take another team to the championship because that's the reason the Bulls got broken up is because the general manager wanted to see if he could take another right. team to be. So what is selfish in this sport? Well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm to your point, I like how Phil Jackson said it uh, on the, what, what was it? And, you know, I've seen all the Michael Jordan specials to be seen. It was the one where Larry Fishburne, uh, was the narrator, and it was on IMAX. It was the big IMAX movie. Uh, I forget what it was called, but uh, I remember one of the, I think, I don't know if it was Jerry Krause or Reinsdorf, but one of them, I think it was Reinsdorf, who said to Michael, okay, before you finalize this first retirement, you should talk to Phil. And I remember Phil said, he talked to Mike, and in the special, he goes, you know, you're denying, I love how he put it, it was so almost poetic, you're denying great basketball lovers a chance to enjoy. I'm paraphrasing now, but you're allowing great basketball lovers the opportunity to see Michelangelo at work. Um, but hey, your dad died, so I understand. And that was to both our points. You know, I totally get what you just said in terms of the fans because Michael, like a Michelangelo, am I saying it right? Michelangelo or Michelangelo? I say it both ways, but it's Michael. Michelangelo, uh, one of the greatest arty, artists ever. Um, to remove yourself from that sport, you're you're denying basketball lovers to see an artiste at work. So I don't know if selfish is the right word, but you're depriving people of your gift. What a beautiful way to put that. But to not be selfish, yo, man, your father died, man. So I get it. Right. Whatever you want to do, you got my blessing. But I said my piece. Okay, so then what about Scotty's other uh, assessment that uh, Phil Jackson was racist? Because I love, I, I love reading. I, I love reading people's. I, I love to read the post afterwards. Well, before we jump into that, before we leave the selfish arena, and let me just say it's ironic to me that Scotty – of all people, would accuse MJ of being selfish when in the last dance they pointed out, one, when Michael goes, Scotty could have had his surgery during the summer so that when the new, when the season started, he was ready to rock and roll with us. But And then they cut to Scotty going, I'm not going to fuck my summer up. Uh, 
I'm trying to get my Scottie Pippen impression. Um, because, but because he was mad about his contract. Right, he was mad about his contract. So he said, fuck it, I'm not going to fuck my summer up. I'm going to chill and get the surgery during the season and miss half of it. That's selfish. And, of course, the famous play uh, where he didn't want to go in uh, uh, to the play because it wasn't drawn up for him. It was drawn up for Tony Kukoc, which now takes us into Phil is racist. Says, yeah. Um, and the whole time I'm watching this clip on Dan Patrick, I'm seething. I'm just going, Scotty. Because one, he never made the connection. He just goes, yeah, they drew the play up for uh, Tony, who's European, a.k.a. white, and didn't draw it up for me. And Dan Patrick asked him several times, well, what's, what's racist, though, Scotty? And Scotty never could articulate or make the connection of how that was racist. And I'm like this, man. Look, nobody wants to be called a racist. But... Given the history of this country, that's the worst thing you can call a white person is a racist. So for you to 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 make that claim and try, you got to make that stick. You can't just throw that out there. You got to make that stick. And Scotty had in no way made that stick. Well, no, and and, and I agree with that, uh, because if you watch uh, when you watch The Last Dance, and he and he said, you know, he brought up about the cameras, and Michael was controlling the cameras. And That's supposed to be racist. That has nothing to do with it. With, with none of those things connected, none of them went together. Um, do you buy the camera thing? No. Yeah, I don't either. No, because it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a camera thing. I mean, because he got it wrong, even when he describes it, because the play is is drawn up for Michael, and then. Uh, Michael's the one who says to Kerr, "Be ready," and I know that's not fate, because Kerr, even in the in the documentary, says that he didn't hear him at first. Right. That, so he yells back, "I'll be ready." And that level of excitement when Scotty goes, "Oh no, that was rehearsed." Nah, yo, mm. Steve Kerr's level of excitement, and you know, Mike's always been cool under pressure. That's that's what part of what he's been known for is he's ice in his veins. Give me the last shot to win it where some guys get scared and shy away. Mike never ran from the moment. So that's why Mike's all cool as ice when Kerr is hyped. You, I'll be ready. And Mike's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's rehearsed. The other part of it is uh, when uh, they drew up the, the play, Phil Jackson said, in the documentary. And, you know, again, we this is afterwards, so this is Phil making the statement afterwards. But that there was a similar situation, time, well, whatever, where uh, Kukoc hits that shot. Uh, many times during the season. Well, and But in that particular game, that they kept leaving him open right there. Right. So that's why he drew up the play. That's not racist. That's good coaching. But when I read all the posts afterwards... I saw so many people that just said, and this this is this is what starts to get me heated about certain things, is when they said, well, we don't know. Black people, right? Black folks. Listen, I, I, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Listen, you know, and this is where we are in America right now. Like, as a white dude, I can't say anything about black. I, I, I mean, I can if, if, it's, if it's pointed at, at an issue that I'm having. But I'm just going to say, black folks... Not all y'all. Now I'm going to sound like Aries. Not all y'all. But I'm getting so sick of some of y'all with finding the way to make everything racist. Listen, listen. listen. Um, we, ha- we have had many, and we continue 
that have many legit reasons. Many. To pull the race card. Many. I'm but, not denying that. But we also, like, 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 and I don't think this is a color thing, people take advantage and people overdo it. And people see things that aren't there. And there are times when I think black people reach with that race shit. And because and, and, I read those comments too. Man, you wasn't there. You, 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 you don't know what's going on in the locker room. He could have a legit thing. And I would say to them, like I'm saying about Scotty, make it stick. Well, put it together for me. Who's all the other black players that are coming out and saying Phil Jackson was racist? Where's Kobe on that? Where's Shaq on that? Where's his teammates from the 70s? Uh, who did he play with? The Knicks. I know the Knicks, but I'm yeah. trying to think of some of his teammates. Walt Frazier. Cl- Clyde, Clyde. Was it Clyde Frazier? Clyde Frazier. Who else was super well-known on that team in black? Earl Pearl Monroe. Was he with them? I don't know. Earl I, I don't remember. But don't any remember of them. Any of them. And Phil's a hippie. Phil, Phil's a known hippie. The most no socks and shoes wearing Sitting Indian style in the park playing ukulele, tripping on acid hippie. They don't have they don't have a background known for being racist. But again, and this is the other side of me where I where everybody's going to say that I flip on this, but I'm not. We don't know what Scotty went through with Phil, and we don't know what Phil had said to him. That is true. But over the period of time, and a great amount of. Uh, uh, of interaction that Phil Jackson has had with the public and with multiple players, you would think that someone else would have said something way before 27 years. Hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I ain't seen no smoke. So where's the fire? And let me let me say, going back to the cool coach thing, um, you know, I get where Scotty was coming from in terms of, you know, now Michael's gone. I'm looked at to be the man. I'm carrying the team. They had a great season that year. Um, He's earned the right to the shot. Now, this is where, to me, that's his opinion. At the end of the day, and now listen, if this were a regular season game that didn't mean anything, maybe I'd be more inclined to give Scotty the nod. But remember, this was game two of the playoffs against the Knicks. They were already down zero games to two. If they lose this game, they're down 0-3. They needed this win. And if the situation was best for Tony Kukoc, again, the word selfish, do what's best for the team and take your ego out of it. And and listen, let's be honest. Even if Scotty takes the shot and they win the game, they still went on to lose the series. I don't see them beating. and And here's the thing. And I, I will admit to this, that 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 bullshit call that was called against Scotty, against Hubert Davis, yeah. they could have went to the finals without Jordan. I still don't think they win it. I still don't think they go all the way without Mike. But again, to, to this particular situation with that game, um, take your ego out of it, man. You're down 0-2, you need to win. If Phil thought... Tony was the best guy for the job to secure the win. Isn't that what? Isn't that what's most important? I get that, but now let's go to feelings. Feelings are important. 
They are, they are important. I know the game is important for what Phil Jackson's trying to accomplish, but the feeling is you have a player who's brought you this way. Don't lose that thought. I just want to say real quick, and to some of the comments, which is so fucking stupid because it's so fucking obvious, yo, I bet you if Jordan was there, the play would have went to him. Well, duh. There wouldn't have been a Go question ahead. of it. Right. Uh, but to that point, before I even go any further, Jordan already – this is why Jordan's the best, and this is where Scottie Pippen has to get over this. Jordan already knows what's going to happen if he gets the ball. He already has picked out the worst outcome and is going to say, okay, Steve, be ready, because if they come down, right. I'm going to throw you the ball. Right. That's above what, what was happening with, uh, with them drawing up the play for Jordan. That's right. above that. Right. So you're Scottie Pippen. It's your team. This shot is going to cement you as it is your team. And he draws it, and Phil draws it up for Kukoc. Yeah, there's a little bit of feelings in there, but do you still get in the game? Or if it was Jordan, would Jordan just say, Phil, that's not the play? No, I, 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 I think that, that, like you said, and between the great basketball minds that is Jordan and Phil, that's not that complicated. No, but Scotty could have said, Phil. If Mike was there? No, no, not if Mike was there. Oh. I'm talking about the way it's set up. Right. If Michael was there and right. it was drawn up that way, Michael would have said, Phil, no. Scotty could have went to Phil and said, listen, uh, Phil, could we? I, I think that he could have put in input instead of just being a little, you know, for all intents and purposes, just being a little bitch about it and just right. sitting on the and saying, I'm not playing. Right. He could have went to Phil and said, Phil, I've earned the shot. Right. And if you do that and Phil still says no. What's the difference? His legacy's already his legacy from this from that listen, moment. Listen, whether he took the shot or not, but even if he the one shot that Ku Coach takes and makes doesn't remove all of what Scotty has done. No, it doesn't. His 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 legacy is cemented regardless. But now it's got a stain on it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like Scotty's a beautiful picture. And the picture is beautiful. Painted by Michelangelo. But there's a shit stain in the corner. It's still a beautiful picture. And there's, there's a, a shit stain in the And there's a mind grain headache in the corner. That too. And then, and then there's also, uh, for the Bulls' last championship, number six, Scotty was basically on the floor for the whole game as a decoy because he had back problems. So this is why also when people go, and, and and let me say, when they couldn't have won without each other, Mike admits that. He goes, every championship you saw me with, you saw Scotty Pippen up there alone. You know, so my, they needed each other. But this narrative that somehow Scotty was equal to Mike, or we know he's not better, but equal to Mike, he's a little less than equal. Was Robin ever equal to Batman? No, but he was there. And and when you look at Scotty with the migraine, they could have they could have possibly beat Detroit in 1990, but the migraine fucked them up, so they didn't beat Detroit till '91. So the migraine probably cost them the championship in 1990. The back issues put it all on Michael for the last championship in Utah. Not going in the game with Tony Kuko. Like, come on, man. Scotty's a pretty picture, but there's shit on it. 
I, and I'm not denying a migraine can keep you out of a game. I mean, I know people are blinded by migraines. I had sex with migraines. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> and I, and obviously, back pain is is definitely something that you I've had sex control. with back pain. It's tough. You can't control that. But when it comes down to legacy, and you're talking but about, I've never you want to stayed be out of a pussy situation. If the play was drawn up, and I uh, I forced myself into the pussy play. Go ahead. Uh, all that, all, all of, <laughs> all that being said, though, when it comes down to legacy, and you say yes, you can be out because of a migraine. Yes, you can be out because of black pain. But how does legacy get? How does legacy continue? The flu game. Mm. Check and mate, and the defense rests, Your Honor. And and honestly, and this hurts me. This hurts me to have this conversation because. If you say, if you ask me who the best, the greatest player is, I'm going to say Jordan all day. Right. My favorite player watching the Bulls play? Scotty. Scotty. His right. game, he's, he's a little bit bigger than mine. When he flew through the air, he looked amazing. And would dunk on your mama. Played off the backboard. Who uses the fucking backboard? The glass bank shot? Yeah. Right. Scotty was. Defense, defense was a monster. And, and a nice, humble guy. And I think all that humility over all these years, the divorce, very public. I didn't know he lost his son. Everything that he's gone through, very public. I think all that humility has bottled up in him and has released this in this book. And now he's just saying whatever he wants to say. Well, well listen, let's not deny. And again, this, some of this is Scotty's own doing. All of it's his own doing. Because let's remember, in the last dance... He said, and I remember when Stephen A. Smith on first take the next day, ridicule, like destroyed him for it. Because he said, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. So if he had, knowing what he knows now, if Phil said, yo, this play is for Tony, Scotty, sit out, sit this one out. He said he would do the same thing again. Like, what are you doing, dude? See, I don't think that he can let go. I, I think I, I think there's no way you do the same thing again. And I think I think you say to Phil, Phil, I've earned the shot. I've earned this shot. Run the play. If I if it's not if I'm not open, I'm gonna throw it to Ku Coach. I, I, but there was no time to throw it to Ku Coach. That was a catch and shoot. Shoot. So then it's it ha, he but he has earned it. That is the one thing I will say. That's so and, ultimately and that's, you're saying you'd give him a shot. I think what he should have what he should have said in all of this is I had earned that shot. Yeah, I set out. Yeah, I was a baby about it. No, I shouldn't have done it. But I had earned that shot. And that's the one thing no one could take away from me is that I earned that shot and Phil gave it to someone else. Does that make him a racist? Hell no. But I earned this shot. That's what that's the one thing he could stand on. Because when you talk about Michael, Michael did need Scotty. Michael was Scotty was there the whole time. No one was there. Ku coach was there for Scotty, but Scott, but Ku coach wasn't that player that they. That's why he was left open. Ku coach wasn't the player that Jordan was, and Scotty had to pick this team up and pull it all the way through. Almost if I was through. Phil, I would have been like, after you said all that, I earned and blah blah blah. You're absolutely right. Now move the fuck out the way because this is for Ku coach. Do what's right for the team. But, but that would have been that would have been the conversation. Maybe Scotty doesn't sit on the bench. Maybe that changes his legacy. Maybe even even Phil Jackson goes, "You're right, Scotty." But look at the situation. Let's run my play, and maybe that changes everything. You know, um, something else I want to adhere to 
again, this notion that people have when they go, Scotty, Mike, same level. Let, let me remind y'all, again, if y'all paid attention to The Last Dance. And again, when I say I'm not lying to you and I'm not exaggerating when I say I am a Michael Jordan hewer, nigga. I have several books. I've read books on Mike. I've, the team, I'm like, I'm, I'm, da- I'm serious. And I remember um, when Michael alluded to, and he even said this on Last Dance, but he basically said, look, Scotty is the type of player where if he knows he has wolves around him, he becomes a wolf. But until the wolves are around him, he's a little puppy. And Mike took Scotty under the wing. He put the dog in him. Scotty, to his own admission, on the last dance goes, Michael gave me that confidence He because I needed that. It's like Mike, brought, Mike was the alpha dog from jump. From jump. Scotty was, and Mike put that in him. I think it was Chris Broussard and, and Rob Parker, when they were talking about this, said, yo, Scotty's first three years, first year, I think it was he averaged seven points. Second year, 12. By the third year, 18. Scotty had to grow into his nuts. Mike's nuts was already grown a lot from of, jump. A lot of people take time to get beat up to get that hardness that they need. He did get it, though, from Jordan, who's, who arguably, you know, and, and to me, it's not even an argument of who is the best player because of what you just said, because he had that, that extra, whatever that extra is, Jordan came with it. Dude, yeah. you could go to YouTube and just type in Michael Jordan fights, and it shows clip after clip after clip where Michael's damn near fisticuff with niggas. Yo, Scotty got pushed around a lot, bullied. Scotty was never a tough guy like Mike. Matter of fact, my, one of my favorite clips is the one against the Knicks when they had Xavier McDaniel, who I swore came out of prison, was drafted out of prison, because that motherfucker just had that nigga shit. And <laughs> Xavier was pushing Scotty around like a rag doll, and Michael moves Scotty out the way, goes head to head with Xavier. And you look at his mouth. He mouths the words, fuck you. And he said on Last Dance, I told Scotty, man, hey, I'll fight with you. Just fight. But when Jordan came into the league, and I know that Jordan was already at his air. He was already at air. He wasn't at his airness. He was at air. He was at air. He also, he had, uh, now I'm going to forget his fucking name because this is what I do. Uh, They traded him to the. uh, Charles Oakley. He had Oakley. And Oakley... Who was his protector. His his, his, his protector. Loser, yeah. Who gave him a little bit of that. This is how you handle... I don't know that he gave it to him, but certain guys in the league, even though they're obviously pro basketball players and they're good at what they do, otherwise they wouldn't be in the league, but they fight just as good as they play basketball. You know, Michael... I don't know if he could really fight, but basketball was his... He was Michelangelo. Yeah. A lot of dudes ain't Michelangelo. Yeah, they paint, but they can knock a nigga through the painting when it's over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Charles Charles Barkley was more finessed and skilled than those guys, but Barkley was a fighter. Oakley was a fighter. Anthony Mason was a fighter. Xavier McDaniel was a fighter. That whole Knicks team in the 90s was, was prison niggas. Well, and it's funny that you're saying this, and, and listen, this is going to get us off the track a little bit, but... Almost all teams had a protector. Yeah, a muscle guy. And they don't have that in today's NBA. Nah. 
So, again, to the youth that listen to us and say, you don't know what we're talking about. Nah, it's not us that don't know what we're talking about. It's you. Watch those old games. You ever seen LeBron James throw hands? I remember when Chris Childs two-piece Kobe in the, in the neck and throat, in the throat and shin. As I'm watching the finals right now, and they're saying, well, this might be a flagrant. Right. It's like, what? Nah, no. <laughs> nah. Niggas from my era threw hands, nigga. Dude, you came down the lane. You knew you were right. going to get hit. That was just a fact. It wasn't a foul. Right. It was a fact. And if they wanted to hit you <clears throat> and take you down, they took you down, and then that was a foul. Right. That was a foul. Um, before we leave this topic, I got to say, uh, I made a joke about it, and I think somebody then made a better joke than me about it. Um, you know, this new look that Scotty got with the afro and the spikes, and, you know, he always, his face has always been, his features have always been downward. He looks like at the top of a totem pole. I'm sorry. He does. Oh, nigga, I, I said, and I know you're not a gamer, so you might not get this, but I said he looks like uh, the tiki uh, mask from Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I actually don't <laughs> <laughs> so, but somebody said a joke that was, to me was the best. They said from the movie uh, "The Cleveland Indians," the comedy. Yeah, it's a bit outside. He looks like Jobu that Serrano's would worship <laughs> in a locker room. <laughs> Jobu. Uh, by the way, since you did talk about his hair, Tony Fraser, who listens to us, right. uh, he said who who has locks. Yeah, he wants us to refer to it as locks. They're not dreads. Okay. The locks. You didn't say dreads this time, but right. he just he wants to clarify that for all the people that have beautiful locks. He doesn't like it being so. They're not dreads. Dreads. Yeah. So, but people call them dread locks. Yeah, but they're locks, not dreadlocks. The dreadlock, but that's just this. This his. Uh... When you got the dreadlocks and you're in your hotel room, you put your foot <laughs> on the air conditioner, and let the cool breeze. Shoot through your nuts and up your back and then your eyes crack all the way up to your locks. All right. There you go. So uh, I don't know if we got anywhere with him. So I, I, I think we did. I, I, you know, Scotty um, is on some wild shit right now. He's like Barkley said, he's burning bridges. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have yet to hear Phil's take, which I would love to hear. I don't think he's going to. I don't. I don't I, I'd love to hear Michael's take. I don't think Phil is going to. Honestly, if I was Phil. I think if you're, especially when you're white and you're accused by a black a black man of being a racist, right? And you try to defend it, the only thing you look like is, is a racist. racist. Yeah, because but why no? Because you know. have a legacy out there. There's no reason to. No, but I say put the put that put that flame. I won't even call it a flame, but just dead that dumb shit. But just like with Scotty, everybody knows you tripping. Why? What, you know, all Phil has to say if he was to say anything is, I have a legacy. People know who I am. I don't need to defend myself with Scotty's uh, book allegations. If they ask, if you're a reporter and I'm Michael Jordan, and you want to know my take on this, what would your question be? If I'm going to be a reporter, this is exactly how the take would be. So, uh, Scotty Pippen is accusing of being a racist. What do you have to say about no, no, that? No, no, to Michael. Oh, to to, Michael. To, oh, what do you have to say about uh, Scotty Pippen's accusing uh, uh, of uh, of Phil Jackson being a racist? What do you have to say about that, Jordan? Was he ever racist to you? Look, I don't have to do this. <laughs> I'm only doing this because this is who I am. Uh, Phil was never racist. Um, it's always good to me. So it's good to rest of the team. Um, but I say if you want to be a racist, uh, if you want to burn the cross that way, then burn the cross that way. Break. 
right, man. Uh, Scotty tripping. God damn. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just, as we, we sign off on this Scotty thing, all this being said, Scotty, this is not to anything to you. You still were my favorite player to watch on the Bulls during that time. Yeah. I, and that, that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but I just want you to know. I, if, if he was to hear this, I want to know he doesn't have to do all this. Right. You were my favorite player. Um, that's it, man. You, you need to you need to stop. Yeah, man, it's it's looking sad. You know, to quote Barkley, it's just looking sad, man. I don't know what he's trying to do. I, I, I you know, this book better sell. It better be a great book. But I don't I don't know how you can even invest in a book when it feels like lies. I just like to you know with the new locks that he has. Yeah, I like because when when I don't know those aren't locks though. Yeah, they are. I think they are. I think they were at one point. He had braids. Oh, they were just braids. Braids, but okay. now he's like I said. That's why people say he looked like Jobu because okay, because yeah, okay. This new spiked afro he got. I, I didn't see the spike part. I just saw the uh, where it looked like it might have been locked. But he, uh, it's a big improvement from the last dance where he had that like uh, centimeter of gray. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's looking, yeah, yeah. Like he got he needed he needed a touch up. He needed a new look after the after the last dance. But he still got that face thing. Dude, you know, honestly, met him once. Nicest guy I could have ever uh, well, met. Well, yeah. And listen, let me not I'm, so, I'm, I'm, so, I'm such a Bulls fan that I would love to meet Scottie Pippen. I'm sorry that he feels the need to to do this because right. it's not helping his legacy. No. From one legacy to another. This is the best celebrated music I've ever heard. <laughs> He's free. Cosby's free, baby. Incidentally, uh, to our Patreon listeners and our Twitter followers, Spearsburg Pod on Twitter, Spearsburg Pod on Patreon, I'm going to post uh, an old skit I did back when the Cosby thing was first brewing called The Cosby Tapes. Uh, nice little skit where, long story short, uh, in conjunction with the FBI and Bill's accusers, they phone tap some of his alleged uh, accusers' phone lines because Cosby was calling him with sexual phone calls and uh, being creepy. Uh, so I'm going to post that. I posted it on my Instagram, too. Uh, a lot of good feedback. But again, a um, lot of people upset. When you fuck with the cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people are upset about it, man. Yo, in, in both ways. Disgusting how this rapist is being let go. Or, you know, uh, don't fuck with a man. He was innocent in the first place. Um, your thoughts? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to start it there and then throw me under the bus on it. No, I'm just throwing you the hot potato. Um. No, I don't have any thoughts right now. I want to hear your thoughts first because I can't. Yeah, I I don't even know where to start on this. Um, okay, I'll start with this. If he's out, um, and why did they throw the case out? They said, uh, what was the no, reason no, they, they, they they overturned it? They overturned it because they allowed evidence in on the second trial that wasn't in, in the first one. That wasn't in the first one. That uh, that was over. Um, I forgot what the technical term is, but it it it, it gave prejudice to uh, his side, like th- that he was it. 
God, I'm just stumbling over the words here because I don't know the right word. Uh, they didn't let it in the first one because it, they said that his previous acts weren't relevant to this um, trial. And then also part of it was that the, what they used in the tapes that he says that where he's talking about uh, Quaaludes, uh, that that was never going to be used as evidence against him. And then the new prosecutor used it anyway, and it was already publicly stated that that wouldn't be used against him. So there was uh, all, all this evidence, or I don't the right word isn't evidence. I guess, yeah, it is evidence, even if it's not um, admissible, uh, that they put into the case and they were able to overturn it. Um, that's called the law. And uh, if if there's miscarriage of justice on the way something's done, yeah, he, sh- he should be able to get out for that. And, you know, speaking of uh, the law, the next time you stumble over your words, uh, Larry Smoother, give Larry Smoother a call. He will help you with all your stumbles in your articulation because for a minute it was like your tongue was Allen Iverson I, and it was crossing over your mind I could not I can't remember the word that I there's a, there's right. a word there's a legal word that I just cannot get out but uh, listen if, if again I've, I've always said if Cosby did it for real uh, and you got mothers and sisters and women that you care about um, think about that before you reach for the free to black man card. Um, if he did it, um, you know, I, I just again, as we were talking about Scotty, this is one of those where I know black people in terms of injustices know we've been railroaded. You know, our treatment is not as equal, not equal. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we'll see brothers in the system. Yeah. Uh, but again, let's let's put some of that aside and deal with the reality. There are motherfuckers who do fucked up, heinous shit. Just because you're famous don't mean you're incapable of doing fucked up shit. And if he did it, uh, think about the women in your life first before you just go, free the black man. You know what I'm saying? He has a lot of accusers. Yes. That's one of the, that's one of the issues. But... You know, with our our society the way it is, and this is going to sound wrong no matter how I put this, but I'm going to put it out there the way that the only way that I know how to say it. Um, Fifty years ago, forty years ago, things were things in Hollywood were going on that people know were not correct, but they were acceptable. I'm not condoning that. But if that's what was acceptable and now we're in a new place in the world and a new place in, in life and we're doing things in a different way, to go reach back all the way back there, I don't know if that, if that was acceptable, if that wasn't li- where they would take that to a legal place, I don't know how you, you go all the way back. Now, if he's doing this you know, just a few years ago where this case came up, that's a different story. You know, it's, it's, it's within that, that time period. But listen, man, there's a thing called the casting couch in Hollywood. Everybody knew what that was. Yeah, it's, this is a weird time for black people. You know, this is a weird area. Paul Mooney dead, DMX dead, Bill Cosby free. Some weird shit going on with black people right now. 
But I think that you take away the casting. Make sure there is no such thing as a, as a casting couch. Make sure that people are treated fairly, equitably, whether male, female, whatever. <clears throat> but to reach back into time to try to change what has already, what was considered. Yeah, you know, I, to be honest with you, I don't ever think truthfully things like the casting couch go away. They just get renamed and, and they, they don't get talked about. Uh, wink, wink. Their hush, uh, because anytime you deal with money, power, fame, and opportunity, people want in, uh, <clears throat> and people with power that can let you in don't let you in for free. Um, you have so to have something. You, so if you're gonna call it the casting couch, you're already setting yourself up for trouble. Um, so I don't know what they call it now. I don't know what it is now, but I know things like that don't go away because life is hard. And when you're staring millions of dollars or an opportunity that can give you millions of dollars in fame and fortune and change your life. That's better than the lotto because, you know, a lot of lot lotto is luck. There's Hollywood. I don't want to use the word luck. Because I, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger coined this phrase about something about when luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Um, so it's a little bit better than the lotto, but it ain't far off. Um, but nonetheless, people are desperate. People want to change their lives. And when you're dealing with something like Hollywood that can definitely do that quickly, um, you're going to do what you got to do, man. Some people are going to do what they got to do. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like really starting to heavily try to get into stocks and not to get off topic, but I'm just going, God damn, man. And I've said this phrase, which I've heard uh, Warren Buffett say, you know, being broke is hard. Becoming rich is hard. Choose your heart. But it's like, God damn. They say, you know, if you invest X amount of dollars in your 20s, by the time you fucking 40 years later, You'd be sitting on a couple, like millions, uh, in investments and dividends. But that by that time you're sixty. It's not young. And if you got money, you want to enjoy money when you're young. Not to say you can't enjoy it when you're old, but when you go, hey, we're gonna travel the world at sixty-five. Problem is, once you get there, you need a nap. <laughs> yeah, Versus but- when you're in your twenties and you get there, you you jump off the plane. And into doing some fun shit. But you can afford a nap when you're in your 65. You can afford to take... But you might not wake up. Listen, the Warren, Warren Buffett also said the hardest thing for people to do is to get rich slowly. Investments. Yeah, because they don't want to get... Everybody wants it now. It's, but, but my... And, you know, thank you for bringing me back to my point. My point is the only way you get rich quick is either uh, drugs, the drug game... But of course, you risk in death and jail, or both. And luck, the lotto, or Hollywood. Hollywood is the only game where you can get rich quick. Music, still performing. Yeah, entertainment. Entertainment. Um, but goddamn, you know, uh, you want to enjoy the shit. Or, or a nasty car accident, and you can make a bunch of money. Yeah, Tracy Morgan, the accident. <laughs> And when that happened, I was in the middle of eating elephant pussy. You know, when you eat the elephant pussy, you put your face in there. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, before we skedaddle, uh, we got to talk about what I'm excited about. I finally saw the fucking preview to The Saints of Newark. Yeah. The Soprano movie. I haven't experienced a Woody to that level <laughs> in quite some fucking time. You really got off on that, that oh, little that, bit. You didn't like that movie? Yeah, I did, but I don't, I'm not fucking excited as you are. Yeah, about it. see? Yeah. Listen, I, Jordan... Tyson, Sopranos, certain, I don't have much. But what made this preview so great to me was not just the preview itself was fantastic, but the way they ended it with the Sopranos music. That's the part that gave me the chubby. But you do realize, and I just wanted to throw this out, Power, Power Book 3 is coming out. Oh, you know, I don't fuck with Power no more. But that's, but no, no, I'm just saying, it's the origin of uh, of Dude. Power Book Three. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, yeah, but the Sopranos. Yeah, nah, but nah. Well, but they're but they're doing the same thing. They're showing you. Oh, well, I, I I got I have an answer for that as to why I'm different. Uh, but let let me. I have to. Okay. This, this, this do is, do it. Get it. Yeah. When I was a kid, guys like me were brought up to follow codes. Hey, jerk off. What'd you say? What? Antonio Soprano. I wonder if I can talk to you alone for a moment, Mrs. Soprano. On the basis of the Sanford Binet, he's high IQ. You can't prove it by me. He's got a D plus average. He doesn't apply himself, but he is smart. The results tell us he's a leader. Ankle thick. Growing up with the family takes a toll. Maybe an ambassador of England or France. You're my nephew. My I want to do whatever I can to help you. My gift to you. I want to go to college. I can't get caught with shit like this. You'll take the speakers, right? At the same time, you say to yourself, this is the last time I'm ever going to steal something. It's that simple. Let me go talk to him. He only listens to Dickie. Do something about Dickie Malasani. Maybe some of the things you do are God's favorite. You lead by example. You make the right decision. This kid's got what it takes. As far as your nephew goes. I'm listening. Stay out of his life. Ow! (laughs) You know, the way that I was brought up, you live with shirt and coach. Come on. Now to go back to your statement. The power book 
here's my thing. We know that somebody trying to portray what's my man? Ghost. This is James Gandolfini's real son. Yeah, I know that. Playing his dad's role. That alone has me going, I'm licking my chops. Because this is either going to go real good or real bad. Because we've said often, most times, siblings of famous parents don't pan out. And very rarely do they not only not pan out, but in even more seldom cases are better than Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Not only did he pan out, he was bigger than his dad. Yeah. Now, so far, I don't hear. Uh, I don't hear the, uh, John David. I don't know if he's making the kind of noise his pops made. Uh, I know he's still early in his career, but like Jordan, his pops was a juggernaut from the gate. Rain Pryor tried to do stand up. A couple of Richard sons tried to. Layla Ali, champion that she was, was a female. It wasn't like men boxing. It just, it's a hard mountain to climb. She was the top of her side. Yeah, of her sport, yes, right? yes, yes. But it was still women's boxing. And, and, and as far as, uh, um, now I can't remember. Guys. Prior. No, before. Uh, this uh, Denzel son. Yeah, Denzel son. Dude, I'm telling you, I know that I always forgot things before. And if you watch DL spoke about the COVID fog, right. it is a fucking bitch, man. Because you know you reach in there, and there's sometimes I don't remember like spoon. So mm. it, it gets. But anyway, Denzel, uh, son, uh, what's it? John David, John, dude. That's you're talking about eclipsing someone who is the top of that ladder. So right. I- even that he's on the ladder and he's doing well, that's pretty good. That's you're, you're judging him by someone who's on the top of the ladder. You're not judging him by. Uh, an actor, you're talking about one of the best actors. I wouldn't want to be judged any less than. No, but you can't you can't hold him to that at the beginning of his career. Hey man, when you got the goods, it happens. He's he's dude, I'm telling you, if you ever saw him in ballers, fucking he's always But uh and that's such a a a, a hell of a role. Those are big I wish there was a not shoes. I wish there was something Italian, like instead of big shoes to fill. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of gabagool to eat. <laughs> you know, it just, that's, that's, a, that's a hell of a tremendous weight to take on. Yeah, it is. And he looks just like his dad, which is going to be even more of a reminder. Um, this movie is going to be all about casting. This movie yes. is going to be. But if it's based on his mom. Tony's mom and that. Yes. When they say, you know, he's... <laughs> and she's like, you can fool me. Right. And the way she said it... That's, that's her. I, I felt it. That's her. Yeah. So Boy, you! Dude, and then how they got, you know, uh, everybody from Sill, a young Sill, a young uh, Uncle June, a young Paulie Gautieri, um, a young Carmela. For those who are Sopranos fanatics... It, this is this is this is part nostalgia, but in a style that we know that David Chase will bring to it, the the edge, the raw, the the you know, like you said, the casting, which means great performances, um, and the look they have to the sell look, the look, the, the they looks, have to sell the whole thing. Yeah, um, 
this could be, if done right, up there with the upper echelon of when you talk about mob movies. This could be a godfather. I don't know about a godfather. It, it could get close. It, I, I do think it could be. I think it could be in the ballpark. I, you know, we, again, fucking Goodfellas, Godfather, um, Casino. These are that's this this is the creme de la creme of mob movies. This might this could be up there if done right. If done right, it's it, it's a, it's a tough challenge because, like you just said, not only is the casting important to get the look right. But then you have to have a great actor. So they, they have two things that they... It, it's right. hard enough to find a great actor. Well, well we know they... As, as far as I'm concerned, the looks are sold. From what I see in the preview. We've got the looks. But now they have to bring the acting. And here's what worries me. Sometimes, you know, the danger of previews is... Most times, the best parts of the movie are in the previews. How many times have we heard people go... Man, I went saw the movie because the previews look great. But then the movie was dull. All the good shit was in the preview. And sometimes you hope for the reverse. You hope you get both. You hope you get the great preview, which makes you want to see it, but then the movie is just as great. And what's making me nervous is in the preview, his son is not doing much. He's not saying much. So I'm scared going, is that because it's a, he's a dud and they put him with the best they could work with? Or is that a great thing because... The little we see, the more we gonna get it. Well, that's a David Chase kind of thing, though. Not to give you too much, right? You know, he gives it to you just enough to right to want you to come back. The hard part for me about this, and I think that this is going to be the toughest part, and I think where people who are such super fans as you are are going to be disappointed is how many hours are there are Sopranos? How many hours? Hours. There's like you, you mean in the whole caboodle? Yeah. Oh shit! Well, there's six seasons. An hour per show. Uh, how many episodes make up a season? Think 13. Yeah, you brain, get to work. Yeah, whatever. Numbers. A lot. Okay. So there's a lot of hours. Hundreds, yes. there's 100 hours. There's over 100 okay. hours. And they're going to try to show his whole upbringing in two hours. So we're going to take a small time period and give it 100 hours. And you're going to take a longer time frame and give it two hours. I think there's going to be a lot that you you, you go, God, uh, that's I thought it was going to be different. I see where you're going, but I will say, listen, this is the beauty of creativity. Anything is possible. Well, and you when gotta, you put that pen to paper, yeah, and your mind is what it's supposed to be. Anything is possible. And you got to trust the creator of the uh, of this art. And David Chase, other than the last episode, which everybody was controversial and hated. Uh, I still like it. All right. Because we're still talking about but it. But even that, um, he's never let you down. No. So, and then I'm, I'm also thinking, what if this is what you said, where they give you enough to really get you like, oh, shit, possible sequel, uh, and a I continuation. And I, and I think that there has to be chapters in this because I think they're going to give you to the point of where you see who he is and then as he starts to turn and you see right when he turns into who he's going to be, right. and I think that's where it ends. And I think then that opens up the door for the next one to, to get him to where... Don't stop believing I wanted the moments. Yeah, and and it's going to be... The music is going to be interesting in this too because they... That you, era. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, and I think that chick playing his mom, I don't know her name, but I've seen her in several things. She's solid. And just that moment where she went, she sold exactly who Olivia Soprano was. Yeah. And didn't oversell it either because if you have never seen the Sopranos, you you got the feeling that's from that. But you really, if you're a Sopranos fan, you know that she captured um, the the original character, right? So it, it, I think it's going to be great. I do think it's going to be great. I just think that there's going to be a, a big op- there's going to be a big opening to do a sequel if it's done the way that I think it's going to be done because I don't right. think you can tell the story. In, in two hours or two and a half hours. Listen, I've I've always said, and even when I put my man on who listens to the podcast, he goes by the bearded one, uh, and I play him on uh, with Call of Duty. When I put him on to the Sopranos, and I and I think I sold my man out of Phoenix, uh, Jose Gardia or whatever, I told both of them, hey man, White Caps is probably one of the greatest episodes. And of course, that's the episode when the Russian chick calls Tony's house and talks to Carmela and her and Tony getting those two fights. The one early in the episode where she's throwing all his shit out the window and she tells him to leave and Edie Falco. And I you see why she got the award fucking phenomenal. And I mean, James was dope too. It was a great tennis match. It was great back and forth. Uh, I wish I knew tennis. I know Andre Agassi. Who was his biggest competitor? Who was the dude that was... The- Pete Tampers. Is that the dude that would always cuss motherfuckers out? No, no, with no. With the afro? No, no, that, afro? that's... Uh, that's um, McEnroe. Yeah. It's almost McEnroe Agassi-like. Tony and Carmella. The way they go back and forth. forth. But she's so strong. And this is how, how you know she's magnificent. She eclipses Tony. In that performance. But he's right fucking there. And I mean, you feel her. You feel her. And then, of course, the the, 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 the fight at the end when she confesses to Tony about Furio. And yeah. she says to him, I would be dreaming about him and fantasizing every single time he came over. And when he opened the door and I let him in and we talked and then you would come down the stairs. And for a minute, I felt terminally ill. And that moment where Tony charges her and he punches the fuck him. He looks like he's going to hit her and she moves. But then he punches holes in the wall. He talked to you. Oh, poor you. He made me feel like I mattered. As a human being, you just go, those are my parents. Or that's been me. You talk about making people feel past the performance and go, yeah. that's life. That fight was, was so goddamn real. Can I tell you something, Tony? No, but then like I got a joish. And then you, 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 what about the other thousands of pigs you stuck your dick in? Were you friends with them too? You fucking hypocrite. Oh, goodness. The reason that she's such a great actress, though, to me in this, if you, when you watch it and you break it down, God, she's so good. She was just as much of a criminal as Tony was, but you always just saw her as as, as the housewife, as Tony's right. wife. But she knows. She knows where the money's come. She's taking the money. She, and she's felt bad about it at yeah, times. But you never see her as the criminal. Right. And that's a hard, that's, that's that edge that you have to play where you still are liked as the mom. Mm. 
and not seen as the criminal. And I don't right. think you ever really see her as the criminal. You see her as someone who's conflicted, right? But you never see her as a criminal. Yes. There was that one time where she slept with AJ's teacher, Mr. Wegler, and he eventually tells her that he thinks that she used her pussy to use him to get AJ better a better position in school. And he basically is dumping her because of it. And then she's pissed, of course, and before she leaves, she turns to him and goes, you better watch your step. So there was that one moment yeah. where, and you knew she was never going to make good on it, she was never going to tell Tony because Tony would have killed him. Right. But she wanted him to know since he knew who her husband was, motherfucker, yeah. watch his step. So, you know, yeah. Well, she had to make sure that he stayed quiet, though, too. It, oh, he wouldn't have said nothing. Yeah, I know. But that's something that, you know, you have that over him, though, even though because she just got kicked out of the relationship. She needs to know that she still has something over him. Yes. Because that's that's, yes. not, that's not just a gangster thing. That's a woman thing. You know what? My fault. <laughs> I totally forgot. My fault. Because <laughs> women are the original gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, that pussy is the mafia, nigga. <laughs> you want to be shit this pussy? You better do the right thing. It's the only way you're going to get the clit. I'm telling you right now. The clit rules everything. The pussy, the lips, the clit. It's the whole group. Uh, yeah, we gonna can't wait till that comes out to see that and talk about that. Um, and break that down and dissect that. So uh, I think that there we have it. Yeah, this is going to be your greatest. I think this is going to be your greatest two hours that you've had in a long time is when that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those. I'm not going to go HBO Max it. I'm not going to fucking wait to iTunes and download. I'm going to the theater. <laughs> I'm going to the theater and I'm going to have gabagool around my neck. I'm going to make a gabagool necklace, nigga. And eat my popcorn and chew off my own necklace. You should go as Tony Soprano. I'm here to see the fucking movie. The movie I'm in right here. I'm up paying for the fucking tickets. Show Christopher. Take this guy around back. Get all the tickets we need. You, yeah. Caliendo, a bunch of guys that just do... You guys should just go to the theater together. Yeah. And just start doing gangster voices. <sighs> yeah. It would be kind of funny to watch you guys. Frank will do his uh, Robert De Niro Hey, Bobby, what do you think about this movie? La, 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 la. Hey, Al, you digging this? Oh, boy, this is good. I need some more popcorn, but I want the real butter, not that oily shit. Hoo-ah. <laughs> can you get gas to go with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, he could do his Christopher Walken. Somebody in the movie gets killed that shouldn't have got killed. Why? <laughs> Why'd he die? He should have lived. You're not old. <laughs> I don't understand. His death wasn't necessary. Did he have to go out that way? Yeah. God, I was, I was going to do a better walking. Dude, it's going to be, uh, that would be fun, man. You, yeah. You guys, it would be, I, I wish that they would do shit like that. That would be a way to get people to go to the movies, just have a bunch of, it, it would just, that would su- not sell it, but it would just be so fun if like inter- e- television was there filming you right. guys do some shit like right. that. That would be so much fun. All right, man. We're out. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be in uh, Des Moines uh, on the 23rd. Okay. 23rd through? 23rd, 24th. Just, I think we're just there two days. Okay. And that's not 
Not next, next week. Because next week I got a one-nighter in Indianapolis yep. at a theater. Uh, so we won't be together. Um, but we'll be together, you know? Um, let me see. Let me see. Okay. Uh, Anthony's song promo. Uh, Anthony Mitchell. Instagram is A-C-R-E-S-93. Twitter is at Tell Julian, T E L L J U L I A N, and Julian B N 2 intro. Uh, that's it. Enjoy. See y'all. You guys have a fucking good one.